I want to talk about developing intimacy with God. Developing intimacy with God. We're going to look at some scriptures here. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We look at verse 9. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful by whom we were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We know that we've been called to believe in Jesus. And you know, many of us here this morning, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have a relationship with the Lord. But what I want us to understand that God has not just called us to trust in Him or to believe in Him, but God has called us to a place of fellowship. With the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to go from just relationship and enter into a place of fellowship. Amen. It's a calling. He's called us into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. And look at some other verses of Scripture along this line. Let me kind of spend some time talking about it. In 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 14, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So I'm called to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm also called to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now somebody said, you know, can I pray to the Holy Spirit? Well, He's a person. Of course you can pray. Of course you can talk to Him. He's a, he, he's, he's a person. He's not an it. He's not a feeling. He's not an influence. He is a person. And we've been called to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And look at what John writes in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. John, known as John the Beloved, and here's what he says. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So he's saying, look, you know, we've seen Jesus. We've handled Him. We've heard Him. We saw Him. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So now he's saying, you know, we want you to have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus. So you notice these three passages. 1 Corinthians 1, 9 said we fellowship with the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 said we fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 1 John 1, 3 says we fellowship with the Father. So really we are called into fellowship with the Godhead, with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. Now the word fellowship is a Greek word koinonia, which simply means to share all things, to have everything in common, to share everything. Have all things in common. So when we are having fellowship, we are really in a place where we are sharing everything with the Godhead. And He is sharing things with us. Amen. And we are called to this place of fellowship with the Godhead. With the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. 
It's a calling. It's an invitation. Amen. So I want to challenge all of us this year as we begin 2008. And as we know that the word of the Lord for us this year is this, that God is going to, there's going to be an outpouring in the spiritual realm and in, the, in material blessings. There's going to be an outpouring of the Lord. And, and as we're getting ready to receive an increased measure of the Spirit, an increase in the work of the Spirit, this is our foundation. It's all built on our fellowship. It's centered on our fellowship with the Lord. Amen. So we need to move from just, you know, I know God. I'm happy I'm a child of God. You know, that's wonderful that you know God. It's great that you're a child of God. But God doesn't want us to stop there. He wants us to come in a place of fellowship, of intimacy with the Father, with His Son Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And listen to this. How deep you go in your fellowship is entirely up to you. Amen? It's a calling. He says, come. Now you can go as deep as you want. In your closeness, in your intimacy, in your fellowship with the Father, with His Son, and with the Holy Spirit. You can go as deep as you want. Amen? It's entirely up to you and me to press in and say, Lord, I want to be more than just a child who knows you from a distance. I, I, I know your address, but I don't want to be a stranger. I want to visit frequently. I want to be there in your presence. I want to know you intimately. And so I want to invite all of us to learn how to develop intimacy with God. To come into a place of fellowship with God. You know, look at what John also says. He says, you know, we want you to have fellowship with us because our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. So it's kind of telling us here, it's so important whom, with whom you fellowship with. Now, you and I can fellowship with people who are just, you know, just happy, satisfied being children of God. We're just happy with that all the time. You know, I'm happy I'm a child of God. You know, I'm happy I'm going to heaven. Wonderful. Or you and I can fellowship with those who say, look, we're in pursuit of God. We really want to learn, grow in our intimacy with God. If we fellowship with such kind of people, you know, it's going to help us go into stronger fellowship with God. Amen. The choice is ours. You want to fellowship with those just, you know, on the, in the outer court, just they're happy that they're saved. They're going to heaven. They know the Lord. They trust in Him. Or you're saying, you know, I really want to fellowship with people who, who are pursuing God, who really want to become more intimate. I want to fellowship with them because if I can fellowship with them, it's going to help me grow in my fellowship with the Father. Amen? I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting down anybody. I'm not knocking you down. But I want us to understand that it does matter with whom we fellowship with. Because the people who fellowship with, with are going to help us and take us to new levels and intimacy with God. You and I can stay out on the, out on the border so you and I can just press in into the secret place of the Most High. And the other thing I want to notice is this, that John was somebody who saw Jesus. He said, we've seen Him, we've handled Him, we've heard Him, and now we are fellowshipping with the Father. So G John saw Jesus, modeled to him what it means to fellowship with the Father. He saw it modeled in the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. He said, wow, this is, how he, this is how he's walking with the Father. This is what it means to walk in fellowship with the Father. And now today we can imitate that and we can say that we have fellowship with the Father. So the greatest model for us to learn about intimacy with God is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And you and I have the privilege of looking at his earthly life as recorded for us in the Gospels and saying this is how he walked in intimacy with the Father. This is how he walked in constant, continual fellowship with the Father. There's several scriptures in the book of John that, uh, that we could look at. If you go back to the Gospel of John, just to, and I'm going to just pick up a few this morning, uh, just to see how Jesus walked in fellowship with the Father. What was his relationship with the Father while he was here on earth? In John 4 and 34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 
Meaning, this is my food. This is what gives me energy. This is what drives me. This is what sustains me doing the will of the Father. My food is to do the will of the Father, to finish His work. In John 5, 17, He says, My Father's been working, and I also work. Meaning, He's working, I'm working. I'm in sync with the Father. I'm just walking in sync with Him. Verse 19 of John 5, He says, you know, The Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He sees the Father do. And whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself does. And He will show Him greater works than these that you may marvel. And there are several more scriptures in the Gospel of John, but Jesus describes His relationship with the Father. And He says, you know, I see what He's doing, and that's what I do on earth. I hear what He's saying, and that's what I speak on earth. My, I, I, I want to do the will of the Father. I want to glorify the Father. That was His relationship, His fellowship with the Father. He lived in that place of seeing and hearing and doing what he saw the Father do. And what was the key to his life? Again, several places in the Gospels. If you look at his life, you'll find that time and time again, he went out and spent time alone with the Father. And this was Jesus, the very one who came from the bosom of the Father. When he was on this earth, he went and spent time alone with the Father. How much more should you and I do the same thing? Matthew 14, 31, it says, he, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up aside into a quiet place to pray. Again, Mark 1, verse 35 Rising up a great while before day, he went into a solitary place and there prayed. Again, Luke 6, 12, he says he, he went up into a mountain and he spent the whole night in prayer alone. Time with the Father. That was his key. That was his secret that enabled him to walk with this intimacy with the Father where he could see what the Father was doing, where he could hear what the Father was saying and just walk in sync with the Father. What, he was, what the Father was doing, Jesus was doing here on earth. And you and I need to come to that place. So how do we develop intimacy with the Father? How, you know, what are some simple things that you and I can do to come to that place of fellowship with God? We're not just having a relationship, but we are in fellowship, that walking in that level of intimacy. What can you do? You know, some simple things. One is to develop communion with God. Now, communion is slightly different from just prayer and intercession. Praying, you know, we give God our you know, daily to-do list. God, you know, bless me, bless this, do this, do this, do this. And we give God our to-do list, and that's okay. I mean, you, 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 you want to pray about needs, it's fine. But I think we need to come to a place of communion. Now, communion is built around prayer of intimacy and personal worship. Prayer of intimacy is you just being intimate with God, and you're saying, God, I love you. Prayer of intimacy. You're not giving God your prayer list. You're not giving God, you know, God, I need all these done in my life. I mean, that's okay. It has its place. But communion is you being intimate with God and saying, God, I love you. You are so wonderful to me. Thank you for who you are to me. Amen. That's prayer of intimacy. Just being intimate with God. Say, God, I love you. And thank you for your love to me. Thank you, God, that you're so wonderful. God, you are so amazing. And personal worship, you know. It's great for us to have corporate worship, for us to come like this together and worship God. But sometimes, you know, uh, we just get caught up in the flow of things. And everybody has their hands up, so you lift your hands up because you don't want to look odd. Everybody singing the same song, you just sing along. Whether you really mean it in your heart or not, the words come out of your mouth. You know it's only going to last for 25 minutes, 35 minutes, and then you're going to be allowed to sit down. And just we kind of just go with the flow of things, and it, there is no depth and there's no meaning. I'm not saying corporate worship is not necessary or it's not important. God has told us to come and worship Him corporately, and Jesus Himself sings in the midst of His brethren. But what about personal worship? Jesus said in John 4, 23, 24, He said, The Father is looking for those 
who worship Him in spirit and truth. The Father is not looking for great worship. He is looking for true worshipers. God is not attracted to the greatest music. He's attracted to the heart that is seeking Him. I'm not knocking down great music and great worship, and we need that, we have that, we try to improve that. But understand, that's not our goal. Our goal is not to have great worship. Our goal is to be great worshipers. Amen. And a great worshiper is somebody who knows how to worship God alone. Amen. If you don't know how to worship God alone, you know, in the crowd we just get lost and everybody has their hands up. You have your hands up. You know, you, we know that charismatic posture. Hallelujah. We know how to do this. Whether you mean it or not, you just go with the flow. But would you do the same thing alone in your, in, your, in, your, in your secret place, in that room with God? Where would you lift your hand up and say, God, I can sing the same songs to you because now I mean it. And that's how communion, fellowship with God happens. Prayer of intimacy and uh, personal worship. You build your communion with God. I mean, think about a husband-wife relationship. What kind of a relationship would a husband-wife have if their relationship only centered around two-do lists? Husband, go to the grocery store today, buy two kg chicken, two kg potato. Okay, I'll do it. Wife, you go to, you know, iron the clothes, wash the laundry, take care of the kids, I'll do it. And that was the extent of the relationship. There would be no intimacy there. There's no closeness there in that kind of relationship. But for so many of us, our relationship with God is all about, you know, what I tell God to do for me and for others. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, but if you can leave that aside, and if you want to come to a place of fellowship, you've got to get to a place where you say, God, it's not about the to-do list. God, it's not about what I need. It's about me loving you. And it's about me worshiping you for who you are. That's communion with God. A second thing that you and I can do is just learn to be transparent before God. Just be open before the Lord. Psalm 139 verses 23, 24 says, you know, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 51 verse 6 says, Thou desirest truth in the inner parts. So being transparent before God, you know, just coming before God. You know, some of us, we tend to think that we can hide things from God. We don't want to deal with issues. We're very quick in dealing with issues with people, but how about dealing it before God? Because that's the important place. Our way is to go before God and say, God, you know, I've got these struggles in me. I'm I'm struggling with these things. God, I need your help. Being honest and open before God and say, God, I need this. I need your help. If you don't deal with these things, if you don't be trans, if you're not transparent before God, these very things hinder us from coming to a place of intimacy with God. Amen. Just talking it out, getting it out in the open. It's very just similar to our earthly relationships, whether it's a husband, wife, or a friend to friends. And if you've got issues, the best thing is the best thing that you can do with your relationship is talk it out. Just bring it out in the open, discuss it, sort it out. But the longer you hold, what happens? It distances the two of you. It builds a wall. Because we're not being open in that relationship. Same thing with God. If I, as long as I try to, you know, I say, God, I, I don't want to talk about this because, um, you know, I think God might get upset or whatever. And we think God doesn't know. And he, of course he knows it. He sees it already. But we just try to ignore it. But let's be transparent. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See everything that's in me, God. Let's deal with the issues. A third thing you and I can do to develop intimacy with God is listen to Him. Listen to His voice. Now, we listen to God in His Word. As we open up the Word and read His Word, we listen to His voice. But God speaking to us is not restricted and is not limited to the 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes that you spend with the Bible. It's not restricted to that. Throughout the course of your day, be in tune with God. Lord, what are you saying? When you're making decisions, interacting with people, discussing things, 
Keep your spirit in tune with God. Lord, what are you saying? What do you want to do, Lord? Lord, what, what are you telling me to do? What are you speaking to me? Keep your heart in tune with the Lord. Listen to His voice. Amen? Fellowship, communion is, has to be built on this. That you're listening to Him and He's speaking to you. So develop the ability to have communion with God throughout the course of the day. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're so wonderful. Thank you for being with me here in my office, in my school, in my college. Holy Spirit, thank you you're here. Thank you that you're guiding me in my in things I'm doing. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. You're in communion with Him. At the same time, you're listening to Him. Lord, what are you saying today? What are you telling me in this moment? What are you telling me in, my, in this situation? Learning to listen to His voice. A fourth thing you and I can do is to learn to soak in the presence of God. Now, we tried this for the first time, New Year's Eve service, where... There wasn't any preaching. There wasn't any singing. We just sat in the presence of God and soaked in the presence of God. Amen. And as individuals and, as, as, and corporately, we need to do more and more of this. Just soak in the presence of God. So don't get surprised if suddenly the worship team is just playing on the instruments. There is no song singing. And you, we just tell you, please be seated in the presence of the Lord and just enjoy, soak His presence. So like, yeah, I can do this at home also. Why did they bring me and make me sit down in church for 20 minutes just to listen to music? Listen that the presence of God is here, and we're just soaking His presence. And when I say soaking His presence, we're allowing His presence to permeate our entire being, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. You know, sometimes we limit God to walking only in our spirit. Now, God made our spirit, soul, and body. Amen. So he is very interested in all three aspects, all three dimensions of our being. Not only our spirit, but spirit, soul, and body. What did David say in Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2? He said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so longs my soul after you. Not my spirit, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotion, my feelings are going after God. My soul and then he continues in the same psalm, my soul follows hard after you. Meaning, my emotions, my mind, my mood, my emotions, they're pressing on, they're coming after you, God. My soul follows hard after you. And then in Psalm 63, is, here's what David, uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 63. Again, a very well-known psalm. Let me just read it out. Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2. He says, oh God, you are my God. Earlier I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. My flesh longs for you. Now, how many of you had your flesh longing for biryani? Be honest, some of us. Now, just imagine your flesh longing for God. My flesh longs for you. Now, many of us think, you know, it's only my spirit that longs for God. Well, it's true, but some, he said, my soul follows hard after you. My flesh longs for now, so that means my spirit, my soul, and my body all are pursuing God. Amen. So when I'm soaking in the presence of God, when I'm just in the presence of God, my spirit, soul, and body are experiencing God. Amen. Now, many of us have experienced, felt the tangible presence of God. Many times in our worship, we're worshiping God, and you can feel the presence of God. You can feel the presence of God. What is that? Your flesh is experiencing the presence of God. Because you're feeling. It's, it's, it's a tangible feeling. You're feeling. Oh, God is here. You're feeling it. He says, my flesh longs for you. 
My soul thirsts for you. My, within my spirit, I will seek you early. I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. And verse 8, he says, my soul follows close behind you. So when we are soaking in the presence of God, what we, we're doing is we're just saying, God, I'm going to sit in your presence. My spirit, my soul, and my body are just, wanna, going to, just going to be in your presence. Enjoy the presence of God. You do this alone at home or you do this corporately here as a body when you're worshiping God and experiencing the presence of God. Amen. Now, here's our mistake that many of us make. You know, we sing a song, we kind of feel the presence of, oh, God's presence is here. I can feel in my flesh, my body can feel the presence of God. And then something happens and the presence lifts. You don't feel His presence anymore, right? The presence lifts. Maybe, you know, this pastor asked us, he was singing, he went off key, and the whole presence just went off. <laughs> and it was one of those kinds of things, that, you know, something happened, it just presence, so, okay, I know, I know, I know his presence has lifted. Because a moment ago, I was feeling the tangible presence of God, I, I, my soul was just so engaged in God, my flesh was feeling the presence of God, and, and right now, I can feel the presence, and what do we do? We say, okay, God, see you next Sunday. We think it's over. But there's a secret that we must learn. In Jeremiah 20, 29 verse 13 and other places in scripture, the, the Lord says, seek me and you will find me if you search for me with all your heart. Seek me and you will find me. So in one way, God is playing hide and seek, right? He's saying, you seek me and you will find me, but you got to search for me with all your heart. So it's kind of interesting that God seems to be playing hide and seek with us. Seek me, you will find me. Seek me, you'll find me. So what happens when the presence lifts, don't think it's over, just start seeking God again. It's almost like God changed his hiding place. I'm just using a, an example from our world. You know, so he was hiding in this corner, this example, okay, not literally. So don't go out there and say, Pastor said God is hiding things. Let's say he's God here, you know. Don't do that, please. So just for example, you know, so you feel like, you know, God's hiding somewhere and you're pressing in, you're going after him, your flesh, your soul, your spirit is long after him, and you find God, you experience his presence and you're just enjoying it. Suddenly, he slips out and he hides in another place. You say, God, I, I thought you were here. What happened? Presence lifted. What do you do? Don't pack your bags and go home. Find the next hiding place. Amen? Seek him. Pursue him. He just changed his hiding place, so to speak, all right? I'm just using his example. So you go searching for him at another location. You find him. Experience your presence. So what must we do? You know, when, let's say we are in a corporate setting. We are worshiping God. And we, it's, it's in those moments you experience the presence of God. And something happens. You know, you know the presence is lifted. What do you do? Don't sit down and say, oh, okay. That's over now. No, it's not over. Let's seek him. Amen. Say, soul, come on. Flesh, come on. Push a little bit more. Push a little bit more. I need to. Seek him one more time. Many times our body is tired. We, you know, we are so conditioned to 25 minutes of worship, 22 and a half minutes sermon, and uh, you know, five minutes closing prayer. We're so conditioned to all these kinds of things that you know, the moment this 25 minutes of worship is okay, your flesh is ready. Like, where can I make minutes of, minutes of worship? You're going to tell me to sit down. No, it's supposed to be two praise songs, three worship songs. It's over. It's a sixth song. How come? Did she get pastor's permission today? Who told us she can have six worship songs today? And then you're waiting for the sixth song to get over. It goes on the seventh song. Oh, no. I need to sit down. My flesh is telling me the chair is waiting. See, we're so conditioned to all these things. But what must we do? Say, flesh, come on, press in. 
Come on, flesh. Go after God. Yes, you're tired. You feel like the presence is lifted. Go after God. Because if you seek Him, you will find Him. Amen. If you seek Him, you'll find some flesh. Come on, let's go after God. Let's seek Him. God, I want more of this. God, I want more of this. And what will happen? You'll feel His presence once again coming over you. And He'll soak in His presence. Amen. And do this personally. And you know, we can do it corporately. But do it personally. In your time with God, when you're spending time with the Father, and say, Lord, I just worship. And you can just feel the tangible presence of God. You can feel, God, I can feel your presence right now. Thank you, God. Lord, your presence is here. Thank you. And you're just enjoying His presence. And suddenly your mind goes off to think about your interview later next day, in the day. And, you know, my soul is just deviated now. And uh, presence is lifted. So, God, <clears throat> sorry, God. I, I need to co concentrate you to get your mind back. And he once again starts seeking, seeking God again. And what happens? The presence comes back. Amen? So don't stop with that. You know, the first experience, the presence of God. Keep seeking, you'll find. Keep seeking, you'll find. Keep seeking, you'll so we need to press in, press in, press in, say, God, I want this intimacy with you. That's what I'm after, God. I want to come to a place where, like Jesus, I can walk with the Father. I can see he, what He's doing. I can hear what He is saying so that I can speak His words and do His works on the earth. So what will happen as we build intimacy with God? Here are some, over, here are some things that happen out of the overflow of intimacy with God. You will know His secrets. You will know His secrets. God reveals his secrets. Amen. So as you're walking with intimacy with God, what will happen? He'll begin to speak to you. He reveals his secrets. There are several scriptures on that. Psalm 25, verse 14. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And again, in Proverbs, the third chapter, the 32nd verse, Proverbs 3, verse 32, the latter part, verse 32. His secret counsel is with the upright. His secret counsel is with the upright. So what happens when you're in the secret place of the Most High? You begin to receive His secrets. You begin to know His will. And knowing His will, according to Colossians 1, 9 through 11, is a pathway to fruitfulness and abounding in every good work and continually increasing in the knowledge of God. So as you begin to know His will, it leads you on into greater fruitfulness. It brings you to a place of strength and uh, uh, greater uh, increasing in the knowledge of God. Secondly, what happens? An overflow of intimacy with God. You begin to have God encounters. You be, have encounters with God. You know, Psalm 16 verse 11 says, In His presence there is fullness of joy. And His right hand there are pleasures for evermore. There are pleasures forevermore. So what happens? God allows us to experience those pleasures. In his presence. So you begin to have those encounters with God. Where he kind of just gives you something. You know, it could be gulab jamun today. Rasgullah tomorrow. I don't know what it is. But in his presence, in his right hand, there are pleasures. But who can take off that right hand? Those who are in his presence. Amen. So these are God encounters. So God, you did something amazing. I was in your presence. And, and the hurt that I was carrying for 20 years just vanished. Pleasures of his right hand. You were, God, I was in your presence. I was in that moment of intimacy with you. And God, this thing that I was struggling with, this chain was just broken. Pleasures of us from his right hand. We're in the secret place of the Most High. In the place of intimacy with God. You have God encounters. Amen. And thirdly, what happens as an overflow of our intimacy with God, we begin to manifest his works on earth. You know, it's so amazing. Jesus said, whatever I see the Father do, that's what I also do on the earth. 
That's what I also do on the earth. He had just finished healing this blind man. And I say, my father's working here too, and I also work. So out of that intimacy with God came a revelation of what the father was doing, and he began to do the same works on earth. Every believer is called to work the works of the father here on earth. Miracles, signs, and wonders are, going, are supposed to be happening through every believer. Each one of you have been called by God to manifest his works here on earth. Amen. And that's the great move of God, that, that move, the next great move of God on the earth is this, just right here. It's the movement of the saints, the saints' movement, when every child of God will be a minister of God, when every believer will be a minister, when every child of God will be manifesting the works of the Father in the workplace, out there in the world, doing the works of God, healing the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead. It's going to happen through each one of us. Amen. But where is it going to come from? It's going to come from our place of intimacy with God. It's going to come from our place of intimacy with God. The works of the Father will be manifested. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 6, 6. He said, when you pray, go to your secret place, and your Father who sees you in the secret will reward you openly. Or Matthew 10, 27, he put it this way. He said, what you hear in the darkness, you speak in the light. What, you, what I whisper to you in the ear, that you publish from the housetops. Amen. So really what happens in public is an overflow of what's happening in the secret place. That's what it's supposed to be. What you're preaching from the housetops is what you're listening, what's being whispered to you in the air, in your moments of intimacy with God. Amen. So that's ministry. So what happens as you and I develop intimacy with God? Out of this overflow will come the manifestation of the works of God, will come for the revelation of God. People say, where did you get it? Say, I was with the Father. So in closing, I want to just talk a little bit about some barriers to intimacy with God. You know, what kind of, what keeps us from becoming intimate with the Father, with His Son, and with the Holy Spirit? A couple of things here. One, one would be sin consciousness. Sin consciousness. You know, many of us are so conscious of our sins. And this thing hinders us from coming close to God. It hinders us from becoming intimate with the Father. Now, I'm not saying that we should become irresponsible and live in sin and then come and pretend to be like a saint. I'm not talking about a life of irresponsibility. But I'm saying that in as much as we know that we are living righteous before God, many times we struggle with the consciousness of sin, of the wrong that we may have done in the past. And so that hinders us from just being open and free with God. So remember this, you, who you are in Christ prepares you to walk before the Father without guilt and condemnation. Who Christ is in you prepares you to face the world with strength and boldness. Amen? So as we are building our intimacy with God, go to God based on who you are in Christ. You are accepted in the beloved. You are holy and without blame. You are the righteousness of God. You have boldness and access into the very throne of God. And this is who you are. Amen? So go boldly in the presence of God. Do not allow sin consciousness, a feeling of guilt and condemnation hold you back. Get rid of it. The Bible says there is no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. A couple other things that could hinder our intimacy with God is just a lack of discipline. God help you there. Third one, <laughs> moving right along. The number third one is this, we just get busy. Sometimes we could get just busy. And you know, for those of us believers, you know, sometimes we just get busy with, a corp with corporate Christianity that we forget that first of all, Christianity is a personal thing. It's a personal walk with God. We get so busy going to meetings, prayer meetings, conferences, in all kinds of things. 
so busy with corporate Christianity, and there's nothing wrong. We need to be corporate. We need to think in terms of the body. But sometimes we get so corporate, we get so preoccupied all our corporate activities. You know, I need to be here. I need to be at church. I need to be at this meeting. I need to be at that conference. I need here, 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 here. And we're so busy with all that we do outside, we forget that we've been called to fellowship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. So I want to challenge us, you know, let's reprioritize. Let's reorder our lives. Let's focus, number one, on my personal walk with God. Number one, on my fellowship with God. Number one, on my intimacy with the Godhead. And then when I have time, let's talk about the other things that we do in public. So busyness, a couple of other things, an incorrect heart, there's strife, there's competition, there's unforgiveness, there's lust for other things. These things hinder us from becoming intimate with God. We just need to be transparent before God. I love God to deal with it. And lastly, it could be a spirit of heaviness. So what do you mean? You know, the moment you, read your bi- you open your Bible to read, you just one verse and you're... Oh. I mean, you just gone through one verse, half a verse. And just that moment you open your Bible, like a blanket thrown upon you, heaviness comes on you and you're ready to sleep. But you hear your cell phone going, tick, tick, oh. awake, checking SMS. Excuse me, one moment before, you were ready to doze off on the Bible. An instant later, SMS is coming, you're wide awake. So it cannot be tiredness. It's called a spirit of heaviness. You're about to pray. You, begin to, you just begin to say something in tongues. And before long, you're in off into the land of visions and dreams. <laughs> it's taken off, man. You're saying very spiritual, yeah. Just as it was prophesied. Land of visions. You're gone. The phone rings. You're wide awake. What is it? It's a spirit of heaviness. It's, you know, it, it, it's a Satan's attempt. To limit our intimacy with God. Like a blanket thrown over you. Just moment you start praying, you're kind of dozing off. The moment you start reading the word, it's like spaced out, gone. What is it? A spirit of heaviness. You think I'm tired, but that cannot be because just the next moment you're very busy on the phone. Phone rings, you're wide awake. So it can't just be tiredness. Amen? So we need some deliverance there. We need some liberation there. We need a freedom to come into our lives and areas and God set me free, break this dominion, break this influence of spirit of heaviness that every time I read the Bible, I fall asleep. Every time I start to pray, I'm knocking out. God, deliver me. I want to get intimate with you. I want to come to a place of intimacy. I'm not going to let this demonic spirit of heaviness hinder me from getting there. Amen. So as we venture into 2008, I just want to invite all of us to come to a place of intimacy with God. Fellowship with the Godhead, with the Father, with His Son, and with the Holy Spirit. Let's fellowship with God. All of us.